This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 121 of the TNA Cross Line Podcast. I am Bob Conley Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are just a mere three weeks away from the showdown between Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. WWE mid-carters are in the main event for NWA TNA, arguably the biggest match in TNA history, although I would probably say Raven and Jarrett back in April 2003 is Probably the biggest match we've seen thus far. But for the sake of hyping people up, in three weeks, it's hard to get charity. It's actually less than three weeks, Bob, if you can even believe that. No, it's actually it would be more than three weeks, right? No, because this is August this is August twentieth. Yeah. One, two, three weeks brings us to September tenth, which is two days after. So just under three weeks. It's three weeks away. It's just Give under. Give me a break. Three weeks. I'm trying to make. Okay, first off, I'm. I don't three shows away. You want to rewatch the weeklies? Fucking pack. We're gonna rewatch the weeklies, guys. We're gonna redo it. No. Again. No. Because I'd quit on the July third, two thousand two one. I can't imagine why. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, Dallas, we're, we're coming off of the previous weekly pay-per-view back on August 18th, two days ago, mm-hmm. where uh, in the main event, AJ Styles defeated Kid Cash in a street fight. And also on that show is a, was a Hangman's Horror match that did not involve Sabu, no, because and- he may have been hurt in Buffalo. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that and, I, in I a think, few minutes. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. But on that show, Sanjay Dutt defeated Raven. And I mentioned uh, during the show that it kind of gave me similar vibes to uh, in 2003 when Amazing Red kind of had a encounter with Raven. I don't believe it was a match. I think it was like a, an attack or something like that. But he put right. Ra- Raven through a table. And, and, and the fans were going absolutely fucking nuts. Right. And I kind of speculated like maybe this could be a thing for Amazing Red. Well, that turned out to be not the case. But this could be something for Sanjay Dutt, and I think I'm on board with it. I really enjoy Sanjay Dutt. Yeah, I think well-deserved. Yeah. If we were to pivot to a Raven-Sanjay Dutt feud, or a lengthy feud, uh, I don't think I'd be complaining about it. No. I guess I don't know what the end goal would necessarily be, but I think it's a good way to transition out of the Sabu feud. Yeah. I mean, especially if he's not going to be... If Sebu is not going to be around. Well, we'll talk about that soon. Uh, uh, Might as well finish this up here. I mean, also on our last episode, Petey Williams defended the X Division title against Chris Saban. And he won. He retained. And I thought it was a pretty fun match. Then we had the second match of the best of three series where Triple X got their win. They had to win 
against America's Most Wanted. And we are getting that third match on our next episode, the next weekly show. Then Monty Brown defeated Ron Killings, which was okay. Uh, then the Nationals defeated... Oh, you said it was great. I said the show was great. No, you were hyping that matchup. Uh, well, before it happened. Uh, not even after. No, I was not. Yes, you were. Roll it, it was, back. It was okay. Jordan, I need you to clip it. Go back onto the August 18th show at the end when I was like, I don't know, man, that that match wasn't that great. And you're like, no, dude, that was a really good match. I clip did it. not. 100% I did Clip not. it and then post on the on Twitter. Have this have this exchange first, and then clip in where Dale's like, oh, I thought Monty Brown and Ron Gilles was a really good match. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so if I did say that, I will apologize in what? In about a couple months, because by the time it actually... <laughs> by the time it, you'll get an apology in about October. A November. month. Yeah, but we're already getting... We don't stop our recording, so we're going to be waiting. Well, that's true. I will do an on-air apology in about three months, if that was the case. Yeah, but I didn't say that. I didn't say it was really good. I might have said it was good, but you know what? <laughs> I've I've marinated for a couple days here. It's been two days, Bob. It's Saturday, not Monday. We didn't watch the other show yesterday. No, no, we did not. No. Anyway, the Naturals retain their titles, tag team titles, against Three Life Crews, BG James, and Conan by disqualification. And then, yes, that street fight was the main event. So I thought it was overall pretty good. Bob said he gave it a th- slight thumbs up. Um, I gave it a thumbs up because I'm not a little bitch, and I liked it. There's also a lot of arguments going on between Vince Russo and Dusty Rhodes that we didn't really get to hear all of. I'm not a little bitch. Okay, I see how it is. Hey, man, we got, you want to pull the, the guns out, dude? I just pulled it out. All right. It's okay. I remember that. I'll be like a uh, puppet. And, um, and jerk off into a trash can? I'm going to jerk off into a trash can. And then pull a gun. Wait, you're talking about the gun thing. No, I was I was going to make the joke about the trash. Oh, okay. So you stole my thunder on that. So that's even fucking better. Sorry. My apologies. Okay, I so... I can't work under these conditions. I know. I know. We are truly a mess today. It's, and it's only it's only going to get messier. All right, Bob, what do you think that the readers of The Observer thought about that pay-per-view show? Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thumbs in the middle. Um, I will say they went with... Uh, thumbs in the middle. Mm, very good guess, Bob. I'm going to tell you right now. 100% gave it a thumbs up. Well, that doesn't really count when it's seven people. It's 25, but good try. Okay. Um, the best match on the show was what? Go ahead, shoot, boom. Uh, AJ and Kid Cash. AJ and Kid Cash, that's right. And what about the worst match? Uh, three Life Crew tag match. No, Monty Brown and Rum Killings. Oh, okay. Isn't that crazy? I said it was okay. Hmm. I let that marinate with me a little bit. That's interesting. I might have said something like anytime he hits the pounds, it's good. I might have said that. Because it's true. <laughs> anyway. Eddie's t- okay. Anytime Monty Brown hits the pounce or cuts a promo, it's good. <laughs> there you go. I said it. Um, the building was close it's to like packed. Every match and every show. Yeah. Uh, the building was close to packed with about 1,200. And based on the early lines, it looked to be about 25 to 30% paid. The Styles and Cash was the show's stealer. Cash had worked his way back into much better graces in the past two weeks. But 
as noted later, and yes, we will talk about it, uh, that may not be lasting long. For cash? Yeah. Is it about the fan? Nope. Actually, I don't even think that's mentioned. Really? So it's yeah. even worse. No, nah, it's an interview. We'll, 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 we'll chat about it. Actually, uh, I, Oh, man, an interview again? Yeah, dude. It keeps, dude, this one's like crazy. Uh, Kid Cash doing interviews unhinged is like my new favorite thing, I think. That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So get ready for that. Oh, um, the feeling on him is that he's very negative, but it makes him a great heel because he can channel his bitterness into making a good match. Fair point. Uh, he and Cash did a street fight all over the building that came off like a hell of a fight as opposed to a walk and a blade dance, which is a pretty fun way to talk about a street fight. Uh, the big no, I, think, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I just like that because a walk and a blade dance, like that's just too funny to me. Well, yeah. I, the only thing I didn't like was the roll-up finish. I agree with that, though, yeah. Um, the big spot was both coming off the balcony together through that table. It wasn't as dangerous as it sounds, but both had to be hurt in the next day from moves like the style from Styles doing side slam on the floor and Cash doing a DDT onto the steps. So there's a bunch of um, pretty uh, crazy moves in that. Uh, and then he won that match clean with that roll up in 15 minutes and 18 seconds. At the end, Jeff Hardy cleaned house on everyone in the run in. He looked much better than he had since the beginning of his tenure. Which I, I feel like he's looked the same to me, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the main feud was, uh, sorry, the main feud and the more they push it, the less people care, is still Dusty versus Russo. And it started with the P.D. Williams X-Division title defense against Chris Sabin. Scott Demore interfered, leading to Rhodes, chasing him to the back. And in the storyline, Rhodes is a well-meaning guy who keeps botching everything up, which is exactly what you want to do <laughs> with the guy who has the most charisma in the company. And this is all what Dave Meltzer says, by the way. I have to reiterate that in case uh, any of these guys are listening. That's right. I'm sure Dusty Rhodes is going to message us. I, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, never mind. Oops, my, my thing just moved. Hold on. Uh, okay. While he was pounding Demore, referee Mike Posey got distracted and missed Sabin having Williams beat with the cradle shock. The ref also missed Bobby Roode running in and giving Sabin a rabbit lariat to lead to Williams getting the pin with the Canadian Destroyer. Later in the show, in the Naturals vs. Conan and BG tag title match, Demore hit James with the hockey stick. James kicked out. Rhodes came out again, and this time, the ref saw him interfere and cost three left crew the, t- the match via disqualification. After the first incident, Russo and Rhodes argued. The implication after the second incident is Russo was going to fire Rhodes. Now, Dave notes that, but Russo really beat around the bush during that conversation. He was like, Dusty, you'll always have the job if I'm here. And then he started to be like, don't make me say it. Don't right. make me do this. It was heavily teased that that's what he was thinking, but never actually said. We'll right. see what happens. I do remember that. Yeah. Like he didn't uh, want to say fired. No, and you could tell. Yeah, it was pretty good. I have some really interesting stuff on Russo we'll get to in a second, too. Uh, but let's we're going to finish up what happened Um about last week's show. At least I'm going to try to get all that out of the way before we get some some other really fun stuff. Uh, Christopher Daniels in primetime beat Chris Harris and James Storm in match number two of the of course, leading to the match on 825, where the winner will eventually get that match against the Naturals for the titles. Uh, Raven lost to Sanjay Dutt, and Sabu's future is again in question. Now, hang on tight. This is a big one about Sabu. <clears throat> 
So Sabu called Scott Demore the night before the show and said he suffered a pinched nerve in the match on August 14th in Buffalo. We talked about that match on our last episode. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles was asked about it since he was in the TLC match at the Bison Stadium against, or yeah, with Sabu and Teddy Hart. He kind of makes a typo there, so my apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabu took some major bumps, including nearly killing himself on a table spot, which that line alone made me want to go find this match and watch it. Uh, Styles didn't think Sabu was hurt that bad, and Demore told him to wait until the next day before making a decision. This is about Sabu not coming to the show. So Sabu called the office the next day and said that he couldn't even get off the couch and was hurting too badly to wrestle. He also said he didn't think that he'd be wrestling for WWC in Puerto Rico over the weekend. So he's basically like, I'm not, like, I'm too hurt to come to your show and even go to Puerto Rico and wrestle. So he's losing bookings, yeah. Right. Which, to me, doesn't seem like something that uh, he would willingly do. But what do I know? Uh, There was a mixed reaction internally since Sabu's condition has been talked about a lot of late. Uh, However, Sabu was scheduled to go over in the match, and it is believed that he knew it. And Sabu hasn't raised any fuss about doing jobs on this run anyways, which I think is really important to know as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still, there was office skepticism. The fact that Raven put over Sanji Dutt with a fireball in the Hangman's Horror match, a spot clearly designed for Sabu to go over since fire was the Sheik's gimmick, you can see what they think, uh, because if they believe Sabu was injured and coming back, Dutt's role would have been to get slaughtered by Sabu. Uh, or sorry, by Raven. Yeah, to get slaughtered. Oh, so sorry. So Sabu could have more revenge to get. The fireball idea was come up with on the day of the show, so it was not planned finish for Sabu, but was the best blow off of the feud finish. Uh, Jarrett positioned it with with the... What the fuck is this word? <laughs> this is the best part of the show, is Dallas trying to read Meltzer's writing. Dude, it's so fucking hard sometimes. I don't know what that word is, so I'm skipping it. I don't know if it's a typo or not. I'm not even going to try. Um, anyway, because <laughs> of the substitution in an, advanced, in an advertised main event... That the babyface sub has to go over. So Jarrett basically was like, since we sub Sabu and he's the babyface, he has to go over. Um, there you go. In general terms, the idea, that's the idea. But when you're building a long-term program and the sub is clearly designed for the guy to get, for the guy who gets slaughtered to build heat, it wouldn't have been my call if I thought Sabu was coming back. Then again, in their position, I probably earned the on the idea of not expecting Sabu back. Last week, at first, Sabu wasn't going to be allowed to board the plane, but a couple of wrestlers talked. Uh, there were a couple wrestlers talked. What the fuck, Meltzer? This is the worst written thing, dude, I've ever fucking read. A couple of the wrestlers talked like there were, is maybe what he's supposed to mean. Uh, but anyways, they, some wrestlers talked security into letting him on the plane. So a telling security that he just suffered a concussion when it is believe, isn't believed that he had. So Sabu's kind of been a mess, apparently, recently. Is basically what this is coming from. Uh, and he he apparently was actually injured, or he's saying at least that he was injured, and that is why he was not on the show. So that was a lot. A lot. So <laughs> is, is there heat on him? To me, it sounds like there's heat, but I'm curious about how much heat, because it's it just pretty much is like, oh, uh... 
like there's like skepticism, but it doesn't say like because I feel like if there was like true heat and he did this, they'd say fuck it, like you know whatever. Right. So did did AJ say he didn't believe it? Yeah, AJ basically says he doesn't believe he's as hurt as he's saying. As he says he is, okay. Which I do feel like is kind of a dick thing to say. And that that is pretty I mean, that's pretty shitty. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, it, could, be, it could be anything. I mean, as long as he doesn't make those bookings, I don't think there should be any heat on him. The, the Puerto Rico book. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And actually, it is noted that he did no show that the Puerto Rico show. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Then he, If he's legit hurt, then why would you make him do come? Well, well, that's what I mean. And I think that's the part that's, like, so kind of crazy. But who knows? Like I said, I mean, it's a weird situation. And um, I don't know. I guess we're going to see what happens. I do believe Alvarez makes a small note about Sabu. Uh, basically that he might be finished, but it's not confirmed. And basically it's going back to everything we just read. So they're also saying that even if he was there, it kind of, the way he writes about it, it basically is that that was a blow off finish anyways. And that said, was going to be done regardless. So, oh. so who knows? I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, what's so going there. the plan was for Sabu to go over, but then be done. That's what it sounds like to me. That's bizarre. It's bizarre, and also, at the same time, though, I guess, like, I think they should put Raven over if Sabu's truly going to be gone. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, well, I guess either way, because if Sabu's gone, Raven moves on anyways, and if the feud is done and he stays, they move on anyways, even if Sabu was to win and he stayed. I feel like you're done. Like, I don't think there's anything else. They each had to win. We call it a day. We move on. Right. I don't know. It's pretty interesting, but I guess we'll see. Will we see Sabu back? Will we see him? Better question. We'll be seeing him in the next few months. I think is a better question. I don't know. Do we? I don't know if we do. I I think maybe you're thinking of the wrong time frame. Maybe we see him back in a couple years. Is that better? Yeah, I think a couple 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 years years. for sure. Okay, couple There's years. a couple years and then a few years after that too. Oh, that one's that's even further out. <laughs> that's like way out. Yeah. Uh, no, I do probably got my dates messed up that I'm thinking about. So if you ask I up. think the match that you're thinking of is not the first one; it's the second one. Oh, okay. Second event of that name. Oh yes, this makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, we're talking in code. <laughs> okay. Let's get onto some other notes, and I do have some about Russo. I got some really good news, and I got some random stuff that we'll kind of sprinkle in between. It's a bunch of stuff. Um, where do I want to start? Let's get this Russo thing out of the way. I think it's like this one of the second largest notes, so we'll just get this out of the way. So this is really interesting because Vince Russo sent, he says us, so the Observer, a letter. Okay. Sent us a letter saying that he's been off the creative team only for the past three to four weeks. And now the company has been portraying him as being off the creative team for much longer. He said, until that time, he used to go back to Tennessee after the Florida tapings and stay with Jeff Jarrett and Dutch Mantel on Fridays, but hasn't done it in a while. He said that he asked Jarrett to take him off creative. 
He also said that it's true that he did the deal of Brown bit a few weeks ago when Brown did the interview uh, that at this point seemed to have gone nowhere, saying he didn't care about wrestling and only cared about his baby daughter. Uh, he also said that he's still producing segments on the show, but not doing any writing. And he doesn't know the nature of the segments he's producing until the show, until he shows up at the building and he gets orders from Jarrett. He said his reasons for asking out are time constraints, uh, as he still has a business in Atlanta. And I believe, is it like a record store, right? Doesn't he have a record store or something like that? Here now? I don't know. No, in like this time. In 2000, yeah, in 2004? I don't think so. Why did I think that he had a record store? He had a... Did he have a record? I mean, I know he had a video store years before this, but I don't know if he had a record store right now. Well, I might be making that up completely. Well, what I, about... Is that thought he was going into ministry? Well, I got that. Not, that's literally the next part, and I just fucking okay. scrolled and lost my fucking place. Yes, and he has... And literally says he's a business in Atlanta and has been working on the seminary school. Okay, so maybe uh, he does have a record store still. Right, and so he's been doing that schooling uh, by internet since May. And I think that's actually really interesting because we heard that he was going to be leaving the company to go to this school, but if he's doing it online, that's why he's kind of still around. Hmm. Uh, He said there has never been any heat between him and Jarrett, but that he comes from a different school than Jarrett and Mantel, and he couldn't adjust to their writing style. He said there was no yelling, screaming, or arguing, and he's never complained to anyone about anything TNA has done or is doing to anyone. Uh, Several who have heard this have strongly denied this being the case, although they say he doesn't make an issue out of it in public. Uh, Russo also said that he has no desire anymore to write TV or book wrestling anymore, that his heart is a million miles from wrestling, and he wants to start his own ministry so he can share his miraculous story with others. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Now, it's kind of bouncing off of that, too. Uh, The talk among everyone is that Jarrett and Mantella's bookers don't want their ideas challenged and aren't the best at listening to ideas from others, so most have shied away from even offering ideas. So that's interesting that Jarrett and Dutch are essentially the leading contributors for what we're seeing. I know. Isn't that interesting? Because... uh... The show, I mean, the company's been doing pretty well creatively, I would say right now. I would say so. So. I really think so. Yeah. No, oh, let's see. I just, I just think it's funny that Russo's claiming that he's not, uh, he's not interested in writing about pro wrestling, <laughs> but he proceeds to do that until about 2013, at least for TNA. So, okay. Off and on. Off and on. Um, The situation with Ring of Honor getting use of AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels came down to another uh, halt, essentially, um, because TNA demanded that Gabe Sapolsky apologize to them over how everything transpired, Hmm. because TNA felt vindicated by the Feinstein mess getting out. Uh, Sapolsky agreed to do that. Um, They then demanded that he also admit he knew all along that Feinstein was involved with Ring of Honor and profiting from the company. Being that, with the exception of the one meeting that took place after the ROH-TNA incident took place, there is no indication that Feinstein was involved with Ring of Honor, and he certainly wasn't profiting from it since he wasn't on salary from it, and the company was losing money. Sapolsky said that at the time he didn't know and wouldn't publicly say that. 
So continue drama with those two. I think I think everybody I think everybody knew. Yeah. Seems that way. Uh, Glenn Gilberti, we haven't heard his name in a couple weeks because uh, he's fired. Uh, after losing the On deal, the show he's fired. Yeah, well, you think so? After losing the deal where he was fired, apparently he called in to find out if and when he's going to be used, and he got a quote, "We'll call you when we need you." Oh no, he's done. Okay, it's a shoot, brother. Oh, we'll shoot. call you when we need you. You worked yourself into a shoot. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Uh, David Zahadi, who we just talked about recently, was backstage at some shows. He has agreed to start working here in production, which is a big, a big get for TNA since he his departure from WWE was considered a significant loss. He's won awards for some of the pay-per-view commercials he's produced, and he'll be working on doing some features and ideas to get guys over, similar to stuff he did in WWE years back when guys like the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and Val Venus were introduced. Oh, so he's like a video package guy. Yeah, yeah. Like vignettes and pay-per-views. That, I, I heard you say pay-per-views, but so he's right. also like a vignette guy. That sounds like to me. Okay, so he's not, he's not a part of the. Uh, he's not the like mystery. Well, he's not part of the oh. mystery video package guy. No, no, he's not. Okay. That you think is D'Lo Brown? I don't think it's D'Lo Brown. It's one hundred percent D'Lo Brown. One hundred percent. You need. We need to make a gif of it and then send it oh, to D'Lo on Twitter and be like, "Hey, man, is this you?" D'Lo, is this you? D'Lo doesn't like to answer people, I've noticed on Twitter. Well, if it's something as uh, random as that, maybe he'll be like, oh, wait, I'll answer this. Yeah, that's true. Or even as Vince, Vince Russo, I bet you would answer. But, hey, dude, who is this? Oh, that's, a, oh, yeah. That's probably like, bro, really... I don't know. I don't remember, bro. This is 25 well, years ago, bro. Listen, dude, Vince Russo, friend of the show, he does follow us on Twitter. I can even slide in his DMs if I want to. DMs, there you go. Okay, you ready for this Kid Cash thing? <laughs> Can I guess the interview, like the show that he talked to? Yes, but I don't know if you'll be able to guess it or not. I've never heard of this. The Wrestling Epicenter. Nope. Interactive interview. Nope. Damn it. I don't know. That's okay, all. well, he may be back in hot water for comments that he made in, this is in May. So it's kind of an old interview. Yeah, what the hell? On a video called Holy Shoot, produced by bbrownvideo.com these are such these are such random companies i've never even heard of like right okay are you ready for this dude this is crazy okay so this is back in may yeah well he hinted about wrestlers trading sexual favors for pushes saying quote all of a sudden there are a couple guys letting guys blow them and then they get a title shots and they're making more money than you Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Holy shit! What the fuck? So he's claiming that people are sucking dick to get title matches and, and, and then TNA make more and, get and then make more, more money for than you, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so who is he? Who is he? Uh, I have no idea. Suggesting it. It's got, if it's in May, we could try to guess, but. May. Uh, okay, well, AJ Styles is champion because he won that back in April. So he's not the one sucking because he's the champ already. He doesn't need to. So title matches would be like 
Oh man, I bet you I know who it is. I who? bet you I know who he's gonna he's suggesting right now. Who? Because there's only a handful of people that AJ even defended against. Sure as hell ain't Raven. And I don't think Ron hey. Collins is doing that either. Uh, those are pretty good two good people that probably are not doing it, but Chris Harris. Is that who he could be suggesting is doing that? I mean, I don't know if I really want to speculate, but... Chris Harris could be a wildcat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, who knows? And he could just be bullshitting and just starting shit. Yeah. Or maybe Raven is sucking dick. I don't know. I, I mean, I doubt it. You never maybe. know, though. I mean, sure. You never know. And who cares? Uh, yeah, who, who... I don't care. Hey, if it gets him the title, you do whatever you need to do, man. Yeah. Well, if this keeps going... I think that was probably the craziest part of this, but we're gonna. We'll that, keep that's amazing. Uh, he said he's getting, uh, he's getting, he's working on getting a chiropractor degree, and that TNA has a lot of young punks making a, lots of money who don't know how to get over. Excuse me. And he said, as far as he was concerned, he was working there just for a paycheck. Mm. He also ripped on Bob Ryder having decision-making power. He entered Ryder, had put money into the company, which Dave notes that he's never heard that other than some unsubstained uh, rumors, but that shouldn't give him the right to make booking decisions. He also said that he doesn't enjoy working for TNA and specifically ripped on Styles, Harris, and Storm. He said the first time he talked to Styles, Styles gave him a list of moves not to do because they were Styles moves. And Cash said... Okay. And Cash said that Styles copied them all from Nova in the first place. He had Harris. Uh, he said, Harris, if his match is cut, will screw up on time just to get his spots in and claim there was a spot with Quiet Storm and Harris where Storm wanted to do an elbow move and Harris didn't want <laughs> didn't want it in the match because of the size difference. That Storm did it anyway and knocked him out with it and started calling Harris a Tomcat. Uh, he... Put over Red and Trinity, saying fair. <laughs> yeah, he also says that fair play was the biggest waste of money since Lex Luger, and at, and laughed about Luger and Bagwell saying all the time they spent laughing at the younger wrestlers came back to the, on them because now nobody wants to use them. Cash also said that he didn't think TNA could succeed even with television, and said everyone in WWE laughs at TNA. It's been real, dude. That's what Dave ends it with. Holy shit. Wow. This dude went on a tirade on bbrownvideo.com. Oh Holy shoot is definitely an appropriate name for this interview. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I like how he brought up something between Chris Harris and Quiet Storm that was about two years ago. Dude, it is so funny. That's amazing. Um, and he shits on the company saying even with TV, like they're not going to succeed. Mm-hmm. This was back in May, so before Impact started. And before it was, I think, really announced. Uh, right, yeah. Which is pretty interesting. Kid crazy, Cash dude. does not want to be there. Dude, it is crazy. He's tried so hard to get fired. Absolutely crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think I really have one. Uh, okay, I got a couple. one small thing, and then I got uh, a big one. To end us. Oh, man. Okay. 
This then, has been a good. This has been a good episode huh? of notes. Sabu, Kid Cash shooting again. Well, yeah. it's gonna get even better in a second. But before that, and I do have. So I do have. Like a, I'm trying to quit. No, no. I do have a couple things else to talk about during the show, but nothing. Okay. Nothing this substantial. Um. Well, I, this one's so small, I forgot it. The impact on August 13th drew a 0.27 rating, just for your reference. Pretty good still. I think that's a pretty good number. Right. Uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, our buddy, the Juice, Juventud Guerrero, is trying to put together a big show for November in Mexico City, where he and Mr. Aguila will face off against Marafuji and Kenta as one main event, oh. and Latin Lover and Granda against two TNA wrestlers as another. Now, his idea is to ask Jeff Jarrett to come in, feeling that it would open the door for Jarrett to return the favor. Mm-hmm. Guerrero has been wanting back, but TNA has no interest in him. Of course not. But I, I wanted to bring this up because of the fact that Hoovy is still very much trying to come back to TNA. Well, he shouldn't have been a freaking pain in the ass. Right. And I like Hoovy. Me too. Like, come on, man! You gotta, gotta play your cards a little better. Yeah, he kind of screwed himself. I don't want to lose to Jerry Lynn. I don't. Even, I don't think that was in TNA. I think that was like an XPW or whatever you said. But yeah, that stuff. That yeah, that carries over. Right. Okay, my last note. It's kind of a two-parter, but this is a big one, Bob. This is really exciting. The wrestlers were officially told. About the change, about monthly pay-per-views on August 18th. So on the last pay-per-view, they were told. And the company sent out a press release the next day. Now, I'm going to pause there before I go into this a little further. Because Dave Meltzer does not really dive too deep into uh, into the press release. But Brian Alvarez does. And I don't know if they're going to talk about this on this impact. I have no evidence that that is happening. So, uh, and Alvarez notes that the company officially announced about switching to one three-hour Sunday night pay-per-view per month, starting with Victory Road on November seventh. So we have a date, a name of a show, and the announcement of a three-hour Sunday pay-per-view. Holy shit! Okay. Um, and Alvarez goes on to say, basically, the weekly shows are dead. The last one's that Jarrett and Hardy match on September eighth. And that they'll be running three more shows that month, which is the best of the X Division, the best of the tag teams, and best of the heavyweight division. And then take the entire month of October off, where Team Impact will obviously become the A show. The tapings will also be apparently moved from uh, onto Tuesday nights on September 14th, which was we talked about before, because then it gives them a little bit more time to edit it before Friday. Um, He notes that the wrestlers were pulled aside this past Wednesday and told the news. Uh, which apparently everyone has kind of already known. Um, let me see if he's... I don't know if he really says too much else. I was talking about people talking, you know, um, getting cut dates and stuff like that. Uh, but here, here's a quote from Dixie Carter from the press release. Quote, in two short years, TNA has leveraged its successful Wednesday night weekly pay-per-views to take the company from a virtually unknown entity to the most recognized New wrestling alternative, you like that, NWA, for fans around the world. Uh, She also goes on to say, as we continue to grow the company across all platforms and take advantage and respond 
to the ever-changing cable and satellite marketplace, we strongly believe the move to a monthly pay-per-view event format will be another positive step in establishing ourselves as the serious contender in our industry. This change in business strategy has also been very well received by our pay-per-view partners. There you go. That is our big news. And there are apparently some undercard wrestlers that are worried that if they don't relocate to Orlando, they might get passed up on in favor of people who live there, which is a pretty fair thing to uh, uh, think about, I would say. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to be careful about that. I mean, I feel like we've heard a couple of times where a guy, I mean, where wrestlers will relocate and they get fired. I mean, even just mm-hmm. recently, Allison uh, Danger. She I'm not sure if I heard about this. She went to Orlando to be a trainer at the Performance Center, and then within, like, two weeks, she was fired. Oh, my God. So, that's insane. That, that's horrible. So, I mean, yeah, it's just not It's not good. Same no. thing like Plumtree. I know Plumtree didn't get fired, but I know, he, like... He moved his he, whole life. You know, his whole life for, like, a year, and he went back to Minnesota or whatever. Jerry Lynn moved to Nashville. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens. Um, to continue with Dave Note here, he kind of goes into some speculation and stuff like that. But So he also notes that the first monthly show will be on uh, November 7th. He does not say the name, though. That's why that Alfred's note was so important for me to bring up. Mm-hmm. He notes that no location is finalized, but both Nashville and Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is a military base near Nashville, which we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. when Hogan was here, have been talked about. Although the latter may not be available due to the war. Uh, those inside are talking about perhaps doing as many as the first few Sunday pay-per-views from Nashville before taking it on the road. But always using Nashville at least every third or fourth show after that. Uh, wrestlers were told about it in different groups. I guess, Dave notes, uh, in case someone complained about the loss of income, it wouldn't spread as fast. I think that's a silly, I don't, I think that's the silliest thing, but whatever. Um, the general consensus was the company was doing the right thing. Uh, the wrestlers were told that the TVs uh, would be moved to Tuesday, starting on September 15th. And they would try to start running Wednesday night house shows in Florida to help with the wrestlers making up the lost income. Now, it would be more financially prudent, as they'll learn, to simply pay the guys a weekly salary and try to work on sold shows. Because doing house shows in this day and age, unless you don't pay the talent, is a money loser. Right. Uh, sources at Fox Sportnet have confirmed there is serious talk about moving the TV to a Sunday mornings once football season starts. Okay, so a couple of things. They should have the um, Victory Road show in front of a paying audience. But, I mean... The asylum that they're using, um, I think when it comes to like a three-hour pay-per-view, yeah. looks minor league. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to get those people to pay. Uh, I think you get them to pay for a three-hour pay-per-view. Yeah. I guess if it's a, big, a good enough card, I just, we've talked before about, you know, you um, condition your audience to paying for free shows. Well, I, I think it's different, too, because... Uh, you know, they'll be gone for, like, two months. Well, that's, I think, a huge thing about it. Yeah. Because, 
I mean, you look at the impact zone, it's way, I mean, it's a, it's a freaking studio. So it looks course, insane. It's a soundstage or whatever. So it's going to be way more professional. So your TV looks top notch. You got to get, uh, if you're going to do a paying audience like that, you got to get, a, a, I think, a better venue than the Asylum. Yeah, I agree. I don't, oh, think they, I don't think they could sell tickets for the municipal. Municipal. I don't um, think that's going to happen. But. No, I don't either. I mean, kind of do the second part of this is the idea at this point seems to tape Explosion as an upgraded one-hour show along with Impact every Tuesday starting on September 14th. The battle plan now is to upgrade Explosion with better matches and interviews and attempt to get it syndicated into more markets because that means two hours of taping every Tuesday. The idea of cutting the tapings back to every other week as a cost closing measure isn't likely, at least at first, uh, because that would require four hours of taping at one sitting, and that isn't going to work with a modern audience. So he notice he notes, remember when they did that for Thunder and how desolate the second week of Thunder used to come across that. Oh, as. yeah. Yeah. And pe- people wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what was worse. So that that version of Thunder where the first thunder was live and then you just had to like guess that the stuff on nitro would still happen and you had your <laughs> thunder that or the thunder where it was taped right after nitro Ooh, i don't know which one's worse Ooh, those are those are ones were bad i feel like yeah who knows man i don't know well uh, Bob, I just got a couple quick dark matches, and we can get right into the show. And then, like I said, I have a few notes. And I don't have a lot to talk about uh, during the show, but there was a couple dark matches that took place before our show here that they taped on August 19th, and of course it aired on August 20th. That's when you guys are listening, every Saturday. Uh, so first up, we had the team of Chris Sabin and Sonny Siaki defeating Bobby Roode and Lex Levette. Just kind of weird that it's not just another Team Canada person with Bobby Roode, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Triple X, Christopher Daniels in primetime, defeated the Naturals in a dark match. Wow. Could, could that be foreshadowing to uh, our tag team title match that we might see here in a couple weeks? I don't know. That's surprising. That's it. Those are the dark matches. There was none after the show, just those two prior. Hmm. So, on that note, Bob, I'm ready to get into the show. We don't know any of the matches. We just know that Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, Jeff Hardy, and, like, Ron Killings are going to be at the show. We just know that. I remember you know, saying and that. that and that's all you need to know. You got your stars advertised, and you know it's going to be a good time. That's right. Uh, all right, then. Let's get into the August 20th, 2004 edition of NWA DNA Impact Runtime. For this show is approximately 47 minutes and 29 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, head over to the Impact Plus app or find it on your external hard drive. Plug it in to your computer. Find the show. Drag it. Open up VLC or QuickTime. Who uses QuickTime? That's overrated. It's passe. No one. Enjoy the show with us. So I'm going to count down from three. And when I say play, that is when. We are going to watch the show. So here we go. Three, two, one, play.
Oh, here's Russo. Don't make me do something I don't want to do, but Dusty. I like the voiceover guy in the beginning of these shows. I do too. Find out who's going to rise to the occasion next. Are we going to see Hardy and Styles team up again or something, or what? Oh. Should have told us. I like this, Bob. Less than 30 seconds our intro started. We're 43 seconds in now, but. They got to get a better theme music still. Dude, oh my god. I can't believe this is still the song. It's just it's crazy. We say it every time, but if it, it feels like it's gonna build up to something and it just never does. I do not have a number, but we'll just assume we're at eight fifty then. Date with the oh. fate. Is it because of the twist of fate? Yeah. Jarrett has a date with fate. And it could be his fate to lose the title. A little bit of pyro. Oh my god, dude, it's getting hot in there. Hopefully there's no fires in the ceiling in a couple of years. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be hard justice. Yeah, it would. Oh, here we go. What's this? Pat Kenny. Pat Kenny. Oh, Jack Irish Hammond will Pat. be here. Irish Pat Kenny, written in cursive. Oh no. Yeah, even today said inside three weeks. As the NWA world champion, Jeff Jarrett, making his way to the ring. In under three weeks, he'll be wrestling Jeff Hardy. A date with fate, baby. I don't think I knew or remembered that they used that tagline. I kind of like that the show has like a little tagline like that. It's kind of fun. It makes it seem bigger deal. Right. There's his pyro thing. Oh, there it is. He was waiting. Yeah, he was right. not about to stop. They are really driving home the tagline. Dude, they date say it with, every time they can. It's unbelievable. And it's because it rhymes. The date with fate on September 8th. It has a good ring to it. Yeah, it is. Now, remember, Pat Kenny was supposed to get kind of a big push. This is a big-time match for him. Let's see if he's able to hold his own or if he just gets demolished. Um, well, Jarrett's got to get his one win back from April of uh, 2002, right before Impact happened. These guys wrestled in the XWF okay. <laughs> in a barbed wire death match. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Making shit up. You know, the bell rings, and... Uh, Mike Posey stood right in the way as Pat Kenny walked right into him, which is kind of hilarious. Shoulder tackle. Locking up again. Headlock. Bob loves side headlocks to start matches. Uh, I don't like them when it's like a street fight or a blood feud. And it's like, oh, hey, side headlock. I hate that. Is uh, is Pat Kenny going to lose in under two minutes, you think? Because that's bullshit if so. I think he'll make at least at least three. God. He's got to, right? Oh, he reversed it. Oh, hip toss. Hip toss. Look at that. Oh, Jarrett bailing on the floor. That's at least 30 seconds right there where he's just going to stall. Oh, no, he's not. Pat Kenny following. He's going to toss him into the ring. Wow. 
Pat Kenny wants to win the world title tonight. Unfortunately, it's a non-title, so that can't happen. But No. Oh, pop up, atomic drop. Roll up. One. People went all the time in TNA with ropes. Oh. Inside cradle. Can't get it. Nope. But we're getting our uh, results from our last show. Showing across the bottom of the screen. Kicks to the chest. Looking for a savant kick, and he missed it. From that angle, that did not look good. Oh, Oh, my God, the stroke. Dude. He's not going to make two minutes. Holy oh shit. My Eight God. minutes, 30. Oh, it keeps going down. Okay, well, the match is over, so the timer is... He basically lasts at a minute and a half. Look at this line. Nashville got pay-per-view. So people know. We might Great. get the That's official announcement on Impact, dude. Well, Nashville got pay-per-view. I... Is that sign suggesting that they are going to have it in Nashville? That's what I'm kind of looking um, well, I got some. Uh, I got to know about Pat Kenny. Nashville has pay per view already. Wait, hold on. Jared's at microphone. On September the eighth, gonna, gonna be just like the Empire State. Empire Saint is that what he said? Yeah, Empire Saint. Yeah, that's the name that I got mixed up with. Uh, I thought he was talking about Monty Brown. Right. The charismatic enigma. There's no match for the King of the Mountain. Down my smoke tonight. The biggest match in TNA history. Look at Tanae. Oh, no. Wait, Pat Kenny's going Kenny. after him. He might have lost the match in a minute and a half, but you know what? Pat Kenny's got fight in him. I can't believe Pat Kenny's getting his heat back. Yeah, it's going to be more interesting when I tell you about the note I got. Oh, uh, what? Let me tell you why we see this beat don't happen. Oh, wait, hold on. Here we oh, go. Here you go, dude. Jared's got the guitar. Oh, fuck. There it goes back here. Okay, so. Push. You can add Johnny Swinger, Glenn Gilberti to the list with Pat Kenny of people who won't be around for a while because the company wants to repackage them. The ETA on all of their returns is next month, so this is potentially our final Pat Kenny appearance. And different ideas have been talked about for Swinger and Gilberti. They were told this week to come uh, to come in this coming week to be fitted for costumes for their new version of the NYC gimmick. Wait, all three of them were told? Uh, that no specifically notes Swinger and Gilberti, but... Okay. I really hope they don't pivot... Kenny back into the NYC because like why would you have broken him up? No, you can. Well, Jarrell Clark, Mikey Bass, these guys had a win over our tag team champions. Yes, they sure do. Oh, speaking of kid, cash, different kid cash and Dallas, they're screwed. Well, you know what? If kid cash has uh, heat on him. He's just got to do a little sucky sucky, and then he uh, apparently will get a touch shot. Well, I'm saying if he's got heat on, maybe uh, oh, Harry Potter, Mikey Bats will uh, get the win. Oh, I thought we were talking about if he wants. Okay. No, I'm not saying that for Kit Cash to suck some dick so he gets the heat off of him. That's not what I'm talking about. 
No, he gets title shots if he does that. Right. Hey, man, if that's what it takes, you got to do what you got to do in the wrestling biz. Just kidding. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. You're embarrassing. Kid. This is a 30-minute time limit. You know, just you just you just made me look at the time to make sure that wasn't the case. Mikey so Bats keep cash starting us off. Mikey Bats is looking kind of like Austin Aries, with the tattoo on his arm. And yeah. Kind of standing like a douchebag. I mean, it's it's just kind of like Austin Aries. Mikey Bats all fired up. He got taken down. He was pissed about it. So they're gonna shove each other. Slap to the face. Mikey responds with one of his own. Oh, Cash gets taken off his feet. Oh, he hits his head, dude. Oh, 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 oh my, my God. Is Mikey shooting on Kid Cash right now? What is going uh, on? You get ready because Kid Cash is about to fucking do it back and you know it. Heel kick. Cash was walking away from him and he fucking was punching. <laughs> he was punching him. Oh, Dales just got tagged in. Well, you know that Kid Cash is not going to fuck around. Dallas oh, goes no for a double clothesline. Oh, they get inducted. It's one for a shoulder block. Now they're trying to take him off his feet. Oh, shit. Oh, jeez. Mikey just got elbowed. Ooh, we just saw Draw a match card. scroll across the bottom of the screen. Coney and Beat James and Dusty Rhodes versus Team Canada with Coach Scott Demore. There was another one I missed, though. Shit. America's Most Wanted versus Triple X. Third and final match in the series. One for cover. Nope. Uh, Michael Shane and Kazarian versus L.A. Park and Psychosis. Oh. Alex Shelley versus Desire's Mystery Wrestler. Contract challenge match. Big Vito versus Chris Vaughn. Oh, my what? God. Dude, Vito's wrestling again? Wow. Vito against Chris Vaughn is being advertised? <laughs> That's weird. Kid Cash with a chop in the corner. Mikey countering with Irish. Hope he gets kicked in the corner. That looked pretty stiff to the face. Maybe a receipt. I don't know what the hell that was, but Cash was going for his clothesline, but Mikey was trying to go for like a somersault clothesline counter, and then they just both missed. Yeah, it just wasn't going to work out. No. Here's uh, Joel Clark, who is uh, cosplaying as Donald Faison from uh, Scrubs. A show that Dallas has never watched, which is just embarrassing. Never will. Oh, the hell was that? A fucking like reverse catatonic kind of. Yeah, it was. Man, fa- oh great! Now Kid Cash is probably pissed, so he's gonna do the freaking money. money maker. I'm gonna murder him. He does. Okay. He. They should tell them, hey man, it was Mikey, not Jarrell Clark. That- oh. Drew Clark should he's actually he's having a freaking seizure and he might be because that was dangerous. There's a six man tag, which we'll see about on the bottom of the screen again, I'm sure. Yeah. I think it was Kid Cash, Dallas, and Monty Brown, but I missed their opponents. I'm gonna guess it's AJ, Jeff, and Ron. Mm. Right. I mean, who else would they be? Um, I don't know. Uh, we're seeing a video package here, so I. I was going to save it, but might as well just tell you now. But I got a funny story about Universal releasing a promo video. One of the things it showed was Jimmy Hart recruiting fans from the park to come to the Impact tapings. They showed a woman coming up to him to ask for information, and he tells her 
that Sting and Dusty Rhodes were going to be there, and he walked away. It, at Universal? Yeah. Sting and Dusty Rhodes. Sting? Sting hasn't been there. No, he hasn't. But that's the fun. I like how he's like, Sting and Dusty Rhodes are going to be there, baby. And then he walks away. He just walks away. Way too funny. So we have a. I guess it, we have two announced six man tag matches. Mm, yeah, we do. One with, one with Dusty and. The other one. Oh, okay. We're promoting the Canadian Destroyer. This is our second video package in a row. Right. I'll tell you right now. When I first saw Petey Williams do this move, do that move, I thought it was the sickest thing, and that no one would ever kick out of that. I was sold on that. I don't blame you. Fast Eddie. Eddie Villa. Eddie Villa. He's Fast Eddie from Ring of Honor. He's legally blind. Really? Yes. Well. He is legally blind. So he's taking on Petey Williams, the exhibition champion. Legally I don't blind. know if I knew Fast Eddie was on Impact. What the hell? The more you know. Gosh, that, is, that is literally surprising to me. Yeah, because uh, there was a, I think it's a gif out there, where Fast Eddie's like trying to slap hands, and he thinks fans want to slap his hands, but there's no one, no one's there. Oh my god! It was a Ring of Honor show, like 2003. Uh, are you a fan of Fast Eddie? Uh, I would say he's not good. Well, let's see if he takes the Canadian Destroyer good. I'm sure he will take That's it. my only gripe about squash matches is, like, you just know. The difference, and I will say this very easily, is that the squash matches that we see on Impact here in 2004 are significantly better and more exciting than the squash matches that you could watch Every Monday and Tuesday on AEW's YouTube channel. Oh, nice kick to the face there. Um, I like squash matches. I don't. I do. I I, I get if, bored. If wrestling revert, well, yeah, I can see that. If wrestling revert uh, reverted back to being primarily squash matches on TV, I think I'd be more intrigued by it. Really. I don't know, man. Yeah, because every every week it's tough to like top it. Because that, that's what happened in the Nitro. I was like, okay, well we have uh, Hogan Luger. All right, well what are we gonna do next? We gotta top it. With squash matches, it was like, okay, we can have all these guys go out there and have their three and a half minute squash matches, hype up the shows, hype up the house shows, whatever, and continue on. Now of course it had to evolve. I get that, but. Like this stuff is like is fine for me. You have the enhancement guy is fast Eddie hit a. Um, Eddie Villa just went there. for like a spin kick, and I don't think he got all of it because Petey Williams stood right up, and even Tanae was like, I don't know if he hit that. <laughs> well, as I've said, fast Eddie is legally blind, so. Well, and he can still work better than I can. Oh my god, he just landed a moonsault. He can, he can work way better than I can too. So. Whoa. Okay, he just dropped Petey Williams on his head. That 
I don't even know. It was like a snap back suplex, but he had the leg hooked and he it was like, like a flipped. swinging. Yeah. That was nice. I like oh, how no. they're oh, saying no. that he, he caught Pete. I hate oh, that. Oh, God. Move. That move is so awful. I don't I like that. I hate that move. He's got to stop sense. doing that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's he like your this... opponent's doing it to himself. Dude, he's reeling them in. It's to let the world know that he's ready to use the decaying destroyer. <laughs> Boom! He hits it. Well, we know what that means. One, two, three. That's right, because Baz Bob said no one kicks out of the Canadian Destroyer. At least not in 2004. In 2022, you will stand up and then get super. Oh, kicked. don't even After start that right. I like how Petey Lynch just beat Fast Eddie, and then as he was taunting, he goes, who's the best Canadian now? Because he beat Fast Eddie. Wait, is Fast Eddie Canadian? No, but I'm saying, like, he's saying he's the best Canadian because he's defeated a <laughs> guy like Fast Eddie. Demora's in the ring beating down on Fast Eddie. Yeah. Eddie Villa. Eddie Villa. And here comes the American Dream, baby. Dusty Rhodes, who's wearing an awful outfit. What the hell is that, dude? That's this a is, dude, th- he wears casual gear on Impact, and on pay-per-view, he's got the hat and the nice, like, sleeveless vest. Right. And here he's like, you could tell he was like helping out backstage. They're Dusty Vigio for a spot. It's like he's probably like in the porta potty in the fucking garage. Oh, Oh, Bobby Bobby Roode. See, now here's the thing. I would rather have seen this first and then they announce a six man tag match. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they announce it then. And because look, here's the running. Yeah. You know, so maybe I'm wondering if sometimes they mistime the scroll. Although. I mean, I guess I see what, how it happened. I mean, it was relating to the pay-per-view, like interference with Dusty and everything. So it makes sense, yeah. but this adds to the fact that they're making that a match. Yeah. And we go to commercial. And we're back. Vince Russo with Shane Douglas. Dude, Shane Douglas cutting the promo with the interview. With his the two fingers. fingers. <laughs> Shane is looking small. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> Bruce was like, yeah, I'm going to do something about it, okay? Because I need to cool off. Wednesday night, Dusty will be handled. And here's the more. I think you got an announcement now. I'm out of line. You're out of line. Demore's losing it. He can't do it. Shin Douglas is in shock. He didn't know what camera. Look at, look at. Let's take it back to Mike today. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. It's two fingers. Oh, the music here comes Abyss. No, oh, Alex Shelley and Oh no, there's Abyss. Oh yeah, Abyss is there, but they're all coming out to Abyss's theme. So there's Abyss, Alex Shelley, and Goldilocks. It's like a tag team match coming up. I mean, dude, we're on the timer, dude. It's a countdown. Of when this is going to be over. It's got to be. What? Well, the best, dude. It doesn't fit. Not anymore. Well, like I said, I I never really liked it, so. I was able to deal I mean, with I, it. But... I, think, I think when he turns, he will get a pop for it. But, but that's for not, his character, I, it makes no sense. Well, that's what I think. I think that's kind of the place we're in is, like, he's going to end up having to kind of be a face when he turns, but, like, that's not who he is. No. They're facing off against America's Most Wanted. 
I would say Kid Cash says that if they get cut on time, Chris Harris is he's getting his fucking spots in. <laughs> yeah. Kid Cash says that Eric Bischoff says that James Storm's got a boo boo face. I'm wondering if the boo boo face developed this early in his career, or if he waited until he was a little more veteran. Uh, you know what? I'm wondering. I wonder that too, and I wonder if it is more so when he becomes a singles guy. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I feel like it kind of is because we try to guess, and I feel like a lot of time we we do guess incorrectly. I I don't think so. I think we guess kind of on the nose. You think so? See, I guess I didn't get a good look at it. Where on this he one. looks pissed. Well, there is definitely there. no. There's obvious times. I agree, though. I think it's more. I think it's more so when he's a singles guy. That's my guess. Is that when he becomes a singles wrestler? Because then it's just it's just him. Like he can't have Chris Harris take the pinfall loss. Like he's got to do it. I'm actually really excited to see the way that America's Most Wanted essentially develops more, and then and then they pretty much fall apart. Because we we, we know that Harris leaves, goes to WWE, which you know is a great run. Just two weeks. Knock, knock, knock. knock. <laughs> Brain Walker. I'm going to knock your Dude. <laughs> I'm watching that after we get off here. I'm watching the, the, the what's it, like the YouTube video where it's like. The story of Brain Walker. <laughs> it's two minutes It's like long, eight minutes dude. long. It's no, like I don't even think career. it's that. It's pretty short, yeah. But it's like his whole run. Like full matches and everything. <laughs> and that's so it. This tags uh, Shelly in here. Do you think he got the knock knock thing from Raven, dude? I think you hear me knocking. I think I'm coming in. Braden Walker. Shelly with the rude awakening. Goes for a cover. But Harris is going to kick out of that because Alex Shelly is smaller than him. Well, if you want to watch Braden Walker's two WWE matches, it's a 12 minute and nine second YouTube video. Oh, so it's longer than I thought. Well, that's not the one that we're thinking of, though. Because oh. we're thinking of the one where it's like it's it's like a joke about like a DVD. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of his matches was against Armando Estrada. Right. What was the second match against? Uh, I gotta go on his cage match to figure that out, and I can't. I can do that in one second. Look at Abyss choking Harris or Braden Walker on the middle rope. Here's with the kick. Ducks a clothesline. Comes off. Ducks a back elbow. Leaping left arm clothesline. Abyss staggering around. Alex Shelley tags himself. And here comes James Storm. He ducks a clothesline. He forearms Abyss. Right hand to Shelley. Another one to Abyss. Watch out, Rudy Charles. No, he's not going to get hit. Shelley comes off the ropes. Caught. Power slam. Okay, so he had a very wild it's- run in ECW. As, yeah, Storm is on fire. And he tags in. Chris Harris again. Here we go. Irish from Abyss comes back. Double flapjack. Okay, so he had a wild run. On March 11, 2008, he lost a dark match to Shelton Benjamin. And then on July 8, 2008, is where he defeated Armando Estrada in four minutes and 45 seconds. And then on August 5, 2008, he defeated James Curtis in two minutes and 55 seconds. So he's undefeated. Yeah, because the dark matches don't count. So doesn't yeah. count. That was probably his tryout against Benjamin. And he was not FCW. He lost to Kafu. 
So Abyss accidentally hits Shelly. Super kick by Storm. Harris spears Shelly, and he pins him in just under four look, minutes. Look how pissed Goldilocks is. She's about to lose her mind. Wow. Okay. Well, this is not helping his case here with Goldilocks. Oh, look. What are you doing? Goldilocks is yelling at him. I just heard, I just saw Abyss, like, say something. He doesn't talk. Oh, do you think he's, like, yeah, like, push me? No, I think he's trying to be all, like, I'm sorry. Really? I don't think he, I don't think he was telling her, like, push me. Oh, okay. He could have been. He also looks like he's trying to breathe very hard because is, he probably didn't. Is Abyss, like, a mute? Um, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk for what? A while. Long time. Oh my god. Abyss oh, is grabbing he, Shelly by the throat. Goldilocks is yelling at him. Oh great. Tease it up. Is he gonna do he it? Do it. No, he ain't doing it. Dude, crowd's going nuts. Look at them all. They ain't doing it. You listen to what I say. Put him down. The crowd, look at the crowd, like choke oh. slam him. Let's see what kind of control. I love how we're supposed it. to believe that all these people are actually watching the show and know what's going on. No, JB's on the hard camera side doing like the hand. Do it. Gosh, come on. Wow, oh, dude. That's crazy. Uh, video pack. Oh, wait. Monty Brown. Six man tag. He's going to continue his hunt next. Monty Brown's up next. Oh, Bob, I have a note him. about him. Destroy. While we watch these highlight packages, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, there are complaints with the booking of Monty Brown. Really? At first, a lot of guys were unhappy when top guys were dropping for him, feeling he was being pushed when all he had going for him was his physique. Now, because he's getting over and showing charisma, the problem is he's being booked as a heel, but he's gotten so popular, it's hard for the baby faces to work against him without coming off badly. So the mm. feeling is he needs to turn. Brown's interviews come from watching Discovery Channel and learning terminology. Yeah, no, he absolutely needs to be a baby face. Monty Brown has absolutely been one of my favorite parts in the last two years of watching these shows. I would agree with that. And I knew I liked him before. Yeah. I only got one more note, Bob, and uh, we're saving it for just a little bit. Uh, in case you guys are wondering, we, this is a third video package. Yeah. We are 27 minutes, 18 seconds into the show. And this is showing that best damn sports show uh, period, period. appearance. Yeah, best damn sports show period appearance. Which is on the same network as Impact Air. So. That's right. And we're seeing, look at all these pounces, dude. Look at all of them, dude. They're so fucking good. Yeah. It is a great, it is a really good finisher. He's just literally throwing his entire body at people. Dude, and like I, I've said before, and I've seen people on Twitter say it to us too, the six-sided ring, I swear, is like made for this move. He can come from yeah. any, dude, he can come from any angle. Yeah, come out of nowhere. I love it. Oh. 
Who's coming out? I know the song, which is funny, but yeah, this is no one we know. Stevie Ray? Demetis? Demetis? What? What was his last name? England or something? I don't know, but that guy looks petrified. Yeah, I thought he looked like Norman Smiley. It's his son. He looks nervous about coming out here to fight Monty Brown. You blame him? Look at this dude. I, well, I don't. I don't blame him. Of course, I'd be too. It'd be the, like going to. It's like showing up to WCW and be like, "All right, who am I fighting?" And they're like, "Oh, Vader." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, I quit." Yeah, no thanks. I'm not doing that. They're like showing up to ECW and like, "Who am I fighting tonight?" And they're like, "New Jack." And they're like, "Well, look at him lay I'm the set down, do dude." That. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna quit. Then rather than fight any of those guys. Ain't Anglin. To meet to meet us, England. Hmm. I've never heard of this guy in my life. Well, let's uh, let's see what he's he's been up to. Oh, I literally cannot click his name on Cage Match. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't exist. Dude, is this the gut check? Is that a thing? No, I don't know. I I'm just making oh. shit up. Is he from the academy in the so asylum? Funny. Oh no! Oh, shit, he's oh. Lose. oh my oh, god! Oh shit, dude! The what if this was? What if this was his only match ever? And he lost in under a minute. Well, oh, Mario Brown going for the cover. Here we go. One. Hey, at least he hooked the leg. Holy shit! Yeah. That was about a forty-five second match. Yep. As wow. it should be, though. Why? Why would he be having competitive matches against Demetrius Anglin? <laughs> that was awesome. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being Jeff Jarrett and you're backstage watching this and you're just like, I don't think he's ready for the title. Uh oh. The living legend Larry Zabisco. Oh, he's hitting six points of impact next with Jeff Hammond. Great. So excited. What the heck? They're in front of a tunnel. you think about man who had impact in wrestling, what some men come to mind. Larry Zabisco. Look at Larry Zabisco. It's my pleasure. I really don't want to fucking be here, but uh, <laughs> you know what? Nitro's done. Point number one is mentally tough. Say it. September September 8th, Jarrett vs. Hardy. Oh, Jeff Hammond didn't say it. I wanted him to be like, it's a date with fate. <laughs> Maybe he didn't get the memo. No, he didn't. A committee that's been recently named. Harley Race, for instance. That's the, one of the other points here. Harley Race. We haven't seen him since he's joined this committee. Mm. Joined, quote, the committee. The other member? Terry Funk. Yeah, but it's his side of the coin. He says Funk is legally insane. Well, he is kind of insane. The man who didn't get nominated, Dusty Rhodes. Our next point. Lots of controversy around him. He's emotional. About the business? Hmm. Listen to this. Wow. When he doesn't get his way, he pouts, he carries on. 
So it was basically agreeing with the fact that Russo did not put him on the committee. Vince Russo. He says he's a time bomb. He's very volatile. Volatile. There you go. That's working on. I thought you were going to avoid saying the word entirely. Sometimes you just got to go for it, man. It's part of my gimmick now is to mess up words. It's true. I love it when, like, I have the word in my head and I'm saying it right in my head and then I try to say the word Mm -hmm. and then it's like, I can't say it. Oh, dude, pyro. Did we get pyro before our main event? Is that what just happened? Kind of. I'm thinking Wait. somebody press the wrong button. That one, I would punch that kid <laughs> in the face. Oh, my God, dude. He's got, like, something stick. Look at him. Look at him. That's what he's doing. Is he trying to lick that? Oh, I thought he was, bar- I thought he was barfing. He's chewing on, like. How to sell him DVD. The phenomenal one, I'm AJ Styles. Good. Look at him. Look at the kid. I would literally oh. punch that kid in the face. Dude, I would. I mean, I'm not even kidding. I would turn around and I would, I would punch a nine year old kid. If you're doing that while I'm working, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deck you. Did they move the kid? Did they move the kid? No. No. Damn it. Now there's someone behind him. Now there's a grown adult behind him. That must be his dad. Doing the same phase. Two incredible six man. American Dream with Three Life Crew. It's Team Canada. We know that one. The main event. Dream Six Man. Jeff Hardy. AJ Styles. And Ron the Truth Killer. I feel like he forgot Ron. He's too hyped, dude. Yeah. Uh oh. Demore's down here. You call they call you the director of authority. You lost control of this place. You want to wait till Wednesday? Fine. I don't have to. My team's right here. I'm three left crew. You want it now? Let's get it going right here. He's calling out three left crew. Wow. He doesn't want to wait, dude. He doesn't want to wait. Here they come. Oh, brother. Here we go, dude. Conan just casually shoved Petey into the guard railing and walked away. <laughs> Dusty confronting Demore in the ring during this little brawl. Demore's oh. stupid. He calls wait. him. Oh, Vince Russo saying no. Oh, he tackled him. Oh, my God. Oh, my cat God. Fight. It's a cat fight. It's a cat fight. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, this is getting a little ridiculous, guys. Break this up. Give me a break. Oh, look at Can they function? Can Hardy Styles and Killings even function? I guess we're going to find out tonight. Wow. Against Jason Cross, Kazarian, and Michael Shane. I wonder who's losing the match, Dallas. Who's taking the fall, you think, dude? I wonder, dude. I think Michael Shane. Can we just take a brief moment during this other highlight package and mention that Slim J wrestled on an AEW uh, <laughs> dark show? 
Yeah, and by all accounts, I've been seeing reports that he's going to be part of a faction. Dude, what and the he might fuck? be part of it in Ring of Honor. Holy and apparently, shit. And apparently Slim J was a referee and game changer, but he would wear a mask? No. That's what I saw. What? That he was the ma- a masked referee for game changer wrestling. That is bizarre. Insane. Now, if people are wondering... Who the hell is Slim J? Well, he was a Eminem character, impersonator, I guess you could say. And I'm assuming still is. It looks like it. But when we first saw him, that was in what, 2000? That was 2002. I think it was. And he came out like grabbing his wiener and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was like, suck my dad. So weird. But he was good. Yeah, he was. Who's this? Jeff Hardy, oh. another video package. And I'll just give you my final note real quick, Bob. Because it's a I know, yeah, he was. My final note is about Jeff Hardy. Because he had an interview on Between the Ropes Radio. Uh, He said that he loved the TNA schedule because he worked two days a week and got to rest the rest of the time to do other things in his life. Uh, He talked, or he said that he talked to Jim Ross before Ross stepped down as VP and was very close to signing a a contract with the company. He said the plan was for him to go to uh, Louisville for a while work off some ring rust before t- returning to the big show. He decided to go with TNA instead because he wasn't sure he was ready to take on the WWE schedule. He said he'd really like to do more matches with Matt in the future, preferably as a tag team. Huh. We've got a few years before that happens. Uh, yeah, well, that's surprising. I didn't know he was close to returning to WWE. Yeah. Uh, and that's my final show for or final note for today's show. So we had a lot of a lot of heavy hitters today, Bob. Yeah, I would say that was maybe the strongest news cycle uh, that we've had on Impact. On Impact, absolutely. On September eighth, my fate will be sealed. I mean, I think you, I think you have to put the title on him. I just don't know why you wouldn't. I can't think of a good reason why you wouldn't. Jeff Hardy is a bigger star than Jeff Jarrett. So if you are focusing solely on your TV, I think having Jeff Hardy as your champion is probably a stronger name recognition than Jeff Jarrett. Jason Cross just came out, and now here comes the coolest team in the world. That's what I'm calling them, at least. Frankie Kazarian, Michael Shane with Tracy Brooks. Look at Michael Shane's double <laughs> braided pigtails. That's great. He's just I doing want, it on purpose at this point. Right. I want Michael Shane to wrestle again. I like Michael Shane a lot. I do too. And I wasn't sure if I was going to when he first made his debut. Yeah. I've seen things here and there with him, but here comes Ron Killings. Have you ever seen his? Uh, oh, dude, this his is the summer. Fight? Have you ever seen a street fight with Paul London? No. That's a really good match. Uh, which company was that in? Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. See, I don't even know if I knew he wrestled in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, unscripted, two thousand two. Oh, it's like that old, really. Oh yeah, it's old. Wow. It might be one of like the first time, like the, not the first match, but one of the matches that really catapulted Paul London. Wow. I mean, Michael, Michael Shane's, I haven't watched it in a long time, but 
Michael Shane does pretty well in that too. Here comes AJ Styles. I'm gonna AJ waste a lot of time with these every individual entrances, but and here comes the next one. Well, you gotta get you gotta get all three pops. I know, and I know why they're doing it. I'm just for forty minutes, forty or sorry, forty minutes, twenty eight seconds in. Dude, if that was that, what was that Armageddon or something? Dude, he was just in the fireworks. What are you talking about? Remember when Jeff Hardy was like in the fireworks on the WWE show and they kept showing it on replay like over and over and over again? I have no idea what you're talking about. Hold on, let me try to look up the show. He was in the fireworks? Yeah, they like made it seem like it was like a freak accident, but I'm pretty sure it was a work. Wasn't it Undertaker? No, he actually caught on fire. Yeah, he caught on fire. Yeah. No, that was legit. But there was a Jeff Hardy. Oh, my God. I think I know what you're talking about. Pyro accident. Uh, oh, I think oh I, yeah. yeah. January 16, 2009. 2009. Okay. I remember that. This is a pretty uh, good look. Lots of green in this main event. Jeff Hardy's covered in green was paint. That, was that during his feud with, like, Edge or something? Ooh. Um, Did you fight him at Rumble that year? That sounds right, but you're really you're really testing me there. Ron Killings and Kazarian started off the match. Shoulder bump. Shoulder bump by Kazarian. To the point where people, I'm leaving seeing dude right here. So I said that was what 2009. Yeah. This person posted in 2015 on Reddit. Like was this was this a work? Like what like what happened? And then he goes, was informed it was a work. Forgive my ignorance. <laughs> was it on SmackDown? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do. Uh, I do remember that. Vaguely remember that. Yeah. Okay. This guy took some time off. That's why he didn't know if it was a work or not. I'll forgive him. Oh, okay. But um, pretty funny. It's part of a storyline where he kept having bad luck, only to find out that his brother is doing it to him all along. Right. And then it also is noted that a lot of people were hoping it was Christian making a return. I remember that, yeah. And then because the Because a couple of months later, Christian did, did come back. Right? Go. On ECW? Yeah, that sounds right. So I do remember that. I remember like the a lot of people thought it was Christian. I was hoping it was Christian. I do remember that now. I do remember that. I remember reading a lot about that. People thinking it was going to be Christian. But then they did like the fifth Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy feud. Right. Um, And then Elimination Chamber 2010 is where Undertaker like actually. He suffered first and second degree burns on his chest, face and neck and he still worked the match. Yeah. Well, he was like in his pod with uh, like water constantly getting thrown on him. Yeah. Uh, we have AJ and Michael Shane now in the match. AJ having uh, arm control. Just over two minutes into the match. Now he's twirling him around to the mat. I'm sure once Jason Cross gets tagged in, no one else will get tagged back in. And then he will eventually... You think that's just going to be it? This is my prediction. J- Jason Cross is going to take all three guys' finishing moves. Mm. And then he'll, pin, he'll get pinned. By Jeff Hardy with a swanton. Drop kick by AJ to Michael Shane. The drop salt. The drop salt. 
Well, he didn't really land on his stomach that time. Tech's hurting him. Okay, so correct. I'm staying corrected. Michael Shane doesn't quite have pigtails. It's a lower braided ponytail and a higher braided ponytail. Yes, so is. there's still two of them. I would yeah. say they're vertical pigtails. Is it like it's like Chris Jericho WCW vibes a little bit? A little yeah. bit, yeah. Not as obnoxious, right? But yeah, this match is breaking down. Ron Jones. Shane- Basically, just threw himself out of the ring. Oh, there you go, dude. Jason Cross just tagged in when he's, he's with done. Hardy. And look at that. All three look, guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd be a little bit more mad, but you've said you've never seen this show. So. I've never I've never watched these. I mean, I haven't watched these in 20 years or however long, 18 years. If at all. Whisper in the wind. Or uh, poetry emotion, excuse me, not whisper in the wind. Oh, Kelly Bale. Oh, wait, no, Kazarian's on the apron. There's six minutes left in this match, and there's not six minutes left in the show, so. Uh, oh, maybe he was oh, well, going to go for the scissor kick. Oh. Jeez, Kazarian with a pump kick. No way. Is Jason Cross going to hit it? The crossfire? Oh, no, he picked him up. No way. Wow, dude, a somersault leg drop. Wow, very impressive. Yeah, that's, not, that's not impressive when we know you can do a shooting star like Dude, that. that's what I mean. Your finisher is so cool. I knew that was bullshit. Oh, wait, here he goes. Snoke driver, but he's going to tap. Oh. Oh, here we go. He doesn't, he doesn't do it that way. What, what the fuck was the that? hell was that? That almost was like a... No, today that that's was not, not the crossfire, dude. Stuff. He looked like a Phoenix Splash that he, like, fucked up midair. Yeah. Oh my god, Jason Cross knocks Styles off the apron, killings with the split tags and Hardy. Right, well, maybe he's not going to take all three. Finishes. Hardy's going to clean house. Mule kick there to Kazarian. Flatliner of sorts to Michael Shane. Twist of fate. Could we see this September 8th against Jeff Jarrett? Maybe. Twist of fate. I'm going to have to yell about it. Oh, of course oh, he got broken up. up. Springboard flying forearm to Michael Shane, knocking him out of the ring. Kazarian going after Styles and now gets hit with that high kick by Truth. Hardy going to the top rope. Maybe we'll just get one finisher today. Holy shit. Styles takes out both Kazarian and Michael Shane with a huge dive to the floor. And here he goes. The Swanton. He didn't get all of it. And he gets three count. I got it. I really thought he was going to take all three finishers. So did I. Dude, when they were all in at the same time. I thought that so yeah, I thought that was gonna be it. Oh well. What can you do? Oh, we're not gonna get like a pulp fiction style uh, promos. We're just going right off the air. Wow. Maybe it's because we had 17 video packages today. Um that's a really good point. We kind of hyped them up throughout the show rather than right at the end. Yeah. I don't hate those packages, but that's fine. That's just a lot. Um, what'd you think, Bob, of this episode of uh, Impact on August 20th? Uh, I'm going to say that was a thumbs up show. Yeah, I mean, once again, I feel like these shows, like, you got to do some real, you got to do something real bad for these Impact shows. 45 minutes to be bad. 
We had some storyline progression. We had some good matches. Several I, matches announced for the next show. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, I don't really think there's really much to complain about, really, at all. I mean, I know I was picking on the squash match format, but it makes sense. I understand. I like the doing. squashes. And once again, I think the squash matches that we're seeing here are way better than the ones we see today. Well, I think the difference with that is, like, AEW ones are kind of like time constraint especially the ones before they tape before dynamite like you can only do two or three minutes max if well, you have we, a bunch of them well the, then we don't need 20 well that's what i'm saying yeah so in this format you can have like a five or six minute squash match i think that's my problem if you need yeah i just think that's my problem like why why do they got to be so long yeah no i i get that but hey that's okay we're on a tna show and We'll be doing a, uh, we, you know, we talked about a WCW pod. We're going to do ECW 2005 or 2006. And then we will eventually cover AEW Dark uh, and do another show about that, too. Uh, but, yes, I agree. Thumbs up. And I'm looking forward to the pay-per-view, but even more than that, Bob. I'm looking forward to that date with Faye on September 8th. And even more than that, I'm looking forward to Victory Road. November 7th. We can start talking about the hype to Victory Road. That will be pretty cool. And I think really once we get through that last uh, episode in the asylum, we can start thinking, okay, what are they going to do? How What are they going to build to for that three-hour show? And I really am excited about talking about that with you. Well, like I, I think I've said before, um, Victory Road... 2004 would end up being the only TNA pay-per-view I ever purchased. Crazy. So there's that. And I'm sure that when we get to that show, I will divulge my reasoning. Um, I have watched that for that. I'm surprised the DVD I own still works because I probably watched that show so much. Uh, do I remember a lot of it? No. There's stuff I do remember. Yeah. But, and I think, we're going to talk a lot about it, but there's a lot of stuff I don't remember. So uh, I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we are getting there close. And who knows? There might be some other surprises in store where we uh, bring someone else on the show for Victory Road. I don't know. We've talked about it. We, who knows? Will we, uh, will we talk with some other people about the years in the asylum? You never know what's going to happen, but stay tuned to your favorite TNA podcast the tna cross the line podcast be sure to follow us over on twitter for all the updates at cross the line tna and like us on facebook at tna cross the line pod subscribe to us on youtube go to prosslingtees.com slash cross line tna and listen next thursday for our next weekly pay-per-view do it next thursday we have a bunch of six-man tags and plus big veto he's rustling again against it's Bob's favorite. <laughs> Yeah, so join us next Thursday for another weekly pay-per-view. Until then, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Conning Jr., and this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast. Mm-hmm.